Welcome, everyone, to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you fine listeners. My name is Aaron Spears. And I'm Mike Went. And this episode's challenge is concert films. And this one was was kind of a tough one to to, to kind of narrow down because there are so many. Yeah. And I feel like I've almost seen that many. But at the same time, I feel like almost everybody has a concert doc or, or like, or something, you know, now. So it's, yeah. Oh, you mean like as artists, like everybody's got one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, there, there are certain genres of music that are not, you know, my, my cup of tea, but (laughs) you know, I mean, but everybody seems to, to be having some now, you know, you know, I, it's funny you mentioned that right off the bat because a, a, a late entry that I wrote in my in my film notebook when I was looking up titles here was like, I think the trend in let's let's picture movie theaters pre COVID, you've got this definite trend because everyone was like, how do we get butts in seats with all the streaming options, blah blah blah, and one of those things were these like one off special event like Fathom concerts, and it wasn't just yeah. Fathom events, but there was a lot of them. Um, you know, Katy Perry to Justin Bieber, like uh, totally spacing the the biggest pop group in the world right now. Oh, um, the uh, BTS. Yes, BTS. Yes, has got a few of those too. And we would program at the even at the art house I was at at Cedar Lee. Um, we would do like special event stuff like that, and you'd be like, "Holy crap!" All of a sudden, you know, there's you're invaded by 300 teenagers, you know, all out for for BTS. And yeah. I was like, okay, I think that probably helped a lot of folks like gain. Uh, 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 musicians gain a wider audience. Yeah. I, during COVID I've been on somehow through LinkedIn, I got on this, this group that uh, has these uh, calls and it's about how to get people in the movie theaters. And I explained to them at one point, it's like, I I don't really work for a movie theater, but I'm happy to listen to your (laughs) your calls. (laughs) But uh, because actually I find them fascinating. I mean, some people might find it a little dry and boring, yeah. but um, there was this uh, a theater owner out of uh, like I think out of Massachusetts who was who had who was like hyping up the BTS concerts that okay. that recently played because yeah. he was just like this is going to be what what helps bring us back, baby. Yeah. Like that's what he got. <laughs> <laughs> and from what it sounds like, those were hugely successful across the country it sounds like oh you mean like even during like covid yeah like i think they they had it like maybe like two months ago or something okay but it was uh yeah it sounds like it was really (laughs) well it's it's one of those like because i mean you know the uh, i think you're qualified because you're at the movie theater like five nights a week mike so and you know (laughs) former former theater employee and everything too um but like yeah even like the downtimes like let's say it's a normal calendar year of releases pre-covid or you know post whatever there's those slow times when like, and if you can supplement that with like, Oh, I got a BTS concert, you know, this week in April before the summer movies hit, you know, Hey, all right. April's going to be okay now for, you know, revenue and concession and everything. So yeah, absolutely. Bullet, like solution, but it's definitely one of those supplemental things that like, this will get butts and seats. Let's do this. Oh, for sure. And it, it's, I, I think it's, it's one of those uh, for a lot of different filmmakers or, or studios, it's like a low risk, high reward kind of thing. You know, like there yeah. doesn't probably, cost a lot to to uh produce a, a film version of of a concert and everything well because presumably the concerts are already going to happen anyway so let's just set up some cameras and oh, capture ex- it. 
Exactly. And then if you, if you find the right avenue for it, mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously when we were growing up, it was, you know, MTV would, would play it, but, oh, but yeah. now the fact that so many of them also would go theatrical, you know, it's just, it's just a way to like, it, it's like almost like a big plug for the band. But then also right. if you, if you have, if you happen to have like a, a good director attached to it, like, mm-hmm. you know, so many of the, the great concert docs always had some kind of like big name attached, yeah. you know, it's like a win-win for, for fans and, and audiences alike. Yeah. I remember like Spike Lee, like we talked about in the last um, episode, yeah. American Utopia, but also he's done like Passing Strange and some other ones. Scorsese's in there. Jonathan Demme's done a couple. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some quality talent behind the camera uh, there as well. I wanted to ask too, looking at some of these, I was, I was looking back at like, concert films that have been put out kind of pre-fathom pre that big event in the theater sure. like we we're talking about and i had the strongest recollection of going to music stores back in the day when there were well, I mean, there's still some music stores now but um <laughs> i remember going to like some local music stores and there were two in particular i'm not going to name names just because i don't know how legal <laughs> some of this was but there were like bootleg vhs's really or of um of of concerts and I remember getting one because I was uh, I, I never got to see Raging the Machine when they were a band originally. I have tickets to see them next summer, but you know I didn't get to see them at the heyday when they were like the age I wanted to see them play at. Like I, sure. I who as a as an older you know uh, on a concert tour like maybe ten years ago, I want to see the Who in like nineteen seventy one. That's happening. But yeah, I got I bought a tape that like it, it had like cover art and everything too. Like it was one of those snap kind of not full clamshell, but like those plastic cases, VHS. And then I pop it in and like it's clearly just somebody with a camcorder. Like <laughs> fine, you know, I still got to see it. The problem is like the audio, you know, sucks. It was camcorder audio. What did they charge for something like that? I think I paid them like twenty bucks or whatever it was. But I was okay, like, I was... Yeah. But then when you like looking at, it, it was like, yeah, there's actually no barcode on this. There's no, like, they just printed <laughs> off like the read, you know, image artwork, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, you know, I got I got what I was looking for. It's technically a recording of a concert. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever run across those like in, in the bootleg world at all? Or you know, not really. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm a pretty big music person, mm-hmm. but. It's one of those things where they were almost, or I mean, there's so many elements that go into a film and, and, you know, there's so many great like composers, but sometimes like the rock world yeah, or for me and the movie world were like two different things. And you know, like when they were merged together, it was, it was cool. Yeah. But in my head, for some reason, say if like, uh, you know, am I going to the Cinematheque on Friday or am I going to the Grog Shop? Right. You know, you know what I mean? It's Everyone like, you shall meet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's said too then. So if we're going into concert films, before we do some of some honorable mention titles, what are, what are the characteristics you're looking for in a good concert film? Well, I think a lot of times uh, when the film doesn't, isn't just a straight up concert, like when you get little vignettes or when you get behind the scenes footage or um, just, you know, sometimes you have interviews interstitially with, with the music. I think sometimes that's what I'm drawn to because it almost is like it it allows them to tell a story. Um, I mean, sometimes, but, but there are certain concert films where if it's just them playing the hits 
and right. that's all you want to see. Okay, great. <laughs> but but I do like when when the filmmakers try to throw different elements to kind of get you like who this band is. No, I, I think you're right because that was one of the the things I was thinking about when I like this is the most I've given concert films like an analytical thought. I think I just yeah, I like the band they have a concert film, I'll give it a shot at some point. But I was thinking, well, what if you don't know the band or what if you aren't a fan of that genre of music? Right. Like I even started poking around to see like, is there a director I like that did, cause I don't really care for country music. I also don't know country music. So no hate here. Sure. But, like, it's just not <laughs> one of my genres. And so I was like, well, let me see if there's a director I like that did a country concert film. I'll check that one out, which I didn't end up finding one, but it's, it could be so insular. Like you're only going for an audience who already likes this band. Like how else, unless you're a fan of concert films as a genre, you're not just trying out all kinds of different bands you never heard of. Yeah. Concert film. Although actually that's probably a good way to sample. Like, are they a good band or right. not to be honest, but I never think about watching them that way. I know like when, uh, when HD TVs were first coming out, that was like when you would go into the store, like Best Buy or something yes. like that, they would always showcase some kind of like, yes, new concert doc, like to show like, this is, this is re- the the resolution that you want, you know. Well, resolution and it shows off the audio possibilities too. Yes, audio setup and yes. My first thought for some reason was Yanni live at the Acropolis because that was <laughs> whatever like media play or Best Buy I was going into. Classic. Like, He's on again over there. But oh, well, you're right. I totally forgot about that. It shows off, yeah, the TV and the audio and everything. Yeah, but you do include like the backstage stuff or like. The, the artist talking about, oh, this is why I wrote song X, and then you hear or see them perform song X, that's a good avenue to get someone who isn't familiar with that band into the music if they are actually watching that that concert film. Yeah. Like, I for one one example, um, in this, when I was growing up, like, I was a very big, like, alternative music person, you know, Pearl Jam, all that stuff. Yeah. And, we had, uh, you know, I've probably said this on the podcast so many times, but we had HBO growing up, but they, <laughs> I think this, it was the late nineties. They, they showed a Garth, it was a Garth Brooks concert. It was like live in central park or something like that. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. and Garth Brooks, you know, not really my cup of tea, but there were certain things that they did with that. Yeah. Uh, like the sweeping camera movements and like a lot of different, like, stuff behind the stage and and just you know i mean even though he's not that that's not like my cup of tea but i grew an appreciation just because it showed like i think how much of like a showman he was and oh yeah i mean and is um and just how he really like went went for it you know (laughs) um but yeah stuff like that i mean i i think it's when when it can kind of expose you to something that that is not really your thing, yeah. you know, that that's the, the measure of a good concert rock. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, good, good performance, but also good, well captured as well. Cause like, yeah, yeah. you were, you weren't watching the bootleg of right. Right. Mark, you're watching the production. So, right. um, I think also a couple of the things I was looking for like that. I really like getting that visceral. You are there. Yeah. Kind of aesthetic to it, which could just be like you're saying with the Garth Brooks example, just like the raw power of like a performer that can just command not just the audience, but also, I mean, if you can command the audience, you can command the camera, you know, and the audience that's watching you as well. For sure. Uh, but also, and I think this is my lingering effects of the uh, couple of bootlegs that I had. <laughs> good audio. You need yes. to have good audio quality out there. You're, you're there for the music first and foremost, so you have to have good audio. But um, <laughs> yeah. So. 
Uh, well, what do you got, Mike? Any honorable mentions before we do our picks for this genre? Oh man, there some of the ones that like I really uh, liked uh, mm-hmm. from the past. I, I would say like it, it, and I don't know if this technically counts as a concert doc, but say uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil, I thought is uh, is a really fun documentary. It came out in the the late two thousands, yes, uh, or the late. Aughts. Um, but, uh, it, it was, um, I don't, I didn't know much about this band, but like I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. it played a bunch at Cedar Lee <laughs> and, uh, went to see it. And I, I actually like really got caught up into it. I think I ended up crying a little bit. No, there's just, some emotional stuff in that one. Yeah. Just because you know how they're, they're just, you know, this band that's like well-respected, but just didn't make a lot of money or anything. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, you know, once again, my '90s thing, but uh, Pearl Jam '20 uh, by Cameron Crow, I think, is a really. I mean, but I don't know. I know I'm. They're not necessarily just the straight up concert docs, but it's like you get a lot of the insights um, into how they made their music and them yeah. growing up in the scene. Well, that but, one's because um, uh, I I was I was in the Nirvana camp. I was like fine with Pearl sure. Jam. But sure. I wasn't super into Pearl Jam. Nirvana was more my jam. Uh, but I remember watching uh, Pearl Jam 20 in the theater. Um, actually, I played when I was working at Cedar. With There there were so many fans out. We had it on like two screens when we showed it there. Yeah. And it was what you were saying. It's a, it's it's little vignettes of like them as, as musicians, how they were creating songs, how the band dynamic plays out. Amazingly shot concert footage. Again, like you said, a major yes. for doing a concert film. Um, but also, if I remember correctly, it was also kind of a career retrospective, too. It was, it was, it, I mean, it get, it got, uh, you know, once it, I, I don't know, like I'm going to sound like a sap, but like, I, I just like, I think I was pretty, I was there at one of those sold out screenings yeah. for that. And, uh, you know, was, was really into it. I, I, I think the, the last one I would, I would also suggest is rattle and hum, uh, the U2 oh, yeah. sometimes I, I know, uh, in recent years, like Bono just sometimes like can be a little bit like groan inducing because of like you know he gets a yeah very political but that is them at their peak and it's just the way how it's captured in a lot of times in black and white and uh just the raw energy of hearing them live because i i have got to see them live i mean they they put on an amazing show and i think it's it's like the next thing from from like being there live well and also I mean, that one is like almost at cult status because I think we played that as like a, our, our, our cult film programming a couple of times and it would always get out of crowd. And we're like, well, I mean, you got to play it, though. I mean, it gets yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also is a great antidote to what I was complaining earlier. Like I got to see the who when they were like at a retirement age. Sure. Their hits, which was great. I mean, the, the, the hits were still belted out, but I want to see them when they were crazy youngsters doing that music. Yes, well, I can, because there are docu- there are concert films um, that they made that, that capture them. And you, too, is the same way, especially with Rattle and Hum. They've actually done a bunch of concert films over the years too. Yeah, who has? But that one, like, it's 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 captures you know that tour at that time, and like you said, kind of peak peak you two, arguably peak you two. So, any uh, any honorable mentions for you? Yeah, I mean, I got to give a shout out to uh, Justin Bieber. Never say never. Oh no, no I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, that was just one of those when that popped up. But I was doing research. I was like, Fuck, I remember that came out. That was huge. It was top of the box office. They put it out a few more times, but you know, exclusively in theaters. 
No, so one example, one shout out I wanted to do real quick is Vim Vendors, again, major director doing a yeah. film, uh, Buena Vista Social Club, 1999. Mm. And that one got me in a weird way because it wasn't music I was into. I wasn't following, uh, was it Bry uh, Cotter or I didn't know Cuban music in, in any form um, when that came out. But like on the local NPR station, they had interviewed him and they were playing some music. And I was like, that's a pretty chill music. So I got the CD from the library. I think it was in Columbus at the time. And Columbus, Ohio. And then um, that was just my, my go-to, just like background music when I was cooking, I was studying. I just had that on. Like my roommates at several points were just like, we play something else. Yeah. Um, but then it took me like five years to finally actually watch the documentary. And by the time I watched it then, I knew all that music backwards and forwards. So I was just like, oh shit, that song. Oh no, that's that song. Yeah. And so that's the same thing too, where it's like, it's like putting the band together and then performing. So you get all of like the backstage and kind of like the tour through, you know, the history to a certain extent of, of music. And then they come to New York. There's a big concert there. So it's a really, really great concert film that hits all of the boxes we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, that's the, a great one. The other one goes in. So like my music tastes to run more like either punk or hip hop, and then also a heavy dose of classic rock. Sure. Uh, D.A. Pennebaker, another major. Well, D.A. Pennebaker is a major documentarian, so it's a little. Different. Oh, yeah. It's, um, but his Monterey Pop documentary from 68, I want to oh, say. Oh, yes. Holy shit. That is so good. It is just like one after another. You've got like everything from Otis Redding to Mom and the Papas to Ravi Shakur. Do, I can't remember what that instrument yes. is, but like he is going to town on that one. And of course, it's the famous Jimi Hendrix fucking lighten his guitar on fire yes oh it's so good it's so good now I, I i was fortunate to get to see that i think uh the yeah the cleveland cinematech played it a couple years ago it, it just see it like with like the great sound system that they have there i, I was yeah i think uh, my wife and i were we were definitely uh felt like we got our money's worth that yeah. night. <laughs> i think some of those type of concert films too like um festival or event concerts like that like festival expresses that way obviously the elephant in the room we haven't mentioned yet but we did on the last episode would be woodstock Wood, uh, yes obviously if you're bored i don't know how you'd be bored of any performance in monterey pop or woodstock or festival express but if there's a band you don't care for just wait five minutes it's yes like a film program like the next one you may and 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 some of those have a wider variety of, of music they've programmed too um so if you're not a big fan of like Sha Na Na and Woodstock. I don't know. What, <laughs> yeah. Most energetic performance I've ever seen. Right. Wait a minute. And then next thing you know, Richie Havens is out just fucking killing it. So yeah, um, it gives you a good kind of sampling, I think there. But yeah, those, those are the two. I mean, this is another, obviously we could revisit concert films in the life of the podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is your actual one you picked for this watch? Challenge? So I did uh, go with one of those kind of hybrid concerts, but also you get a lot of like kind of insight and, this one, it kind, I kind of like went down a, a YouTube rabbit hole one day and stumbled across Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher from Oasis, like talking basically shit about each other. And uh, so I, I put it, I Googled, I was like, are there any films about Oasis? And I found Liam Gallagher as it was. Uh, oh. It came out in 2019. It's directed by Gavin Fitzgerald and Charlie Lightning. We just had a vibe, and everyone joined in on it. Some people are saying you've got an arrogant attitude. That's what makes Oasis, isn't it? It was pretty vicious and pretty nasty. It was Oasis till the day I died. 
the geezer who split my band up. No wonder we like each other. No band, no songs. What am I going to do now, man? He was lost. And fed up with himself. Who knows who I am anymore? They've got all them press headlines waiting. He's definitely going to blow his brains out. But I don't think it's going to happen, lads. He had to get off his ass. The only way out of this mess is music. We were in Ireland. And someone gets the guitar out, and before you know it, it went around the world. A little bit nervous. This is my last chance to do the thing that I love. He was a bit apprehensive of how it was going to go. Gotta just ride the wave a little bit and see where it takes you. Kids don't want to be Noel, they want to be Liam. He'd have quite happily seen me in the gore. I've always thought I was godlike from the day I was born. Carry on this crusade of not giving up, man. Well, 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 number one record. Hallelujah. Manchester, I love you. His kids were there, he wanted to do them proud. Family is everything to him. I'm proud of him. He never changed, because he is who he is. As he got older, I try not to drink as much. Only do two grams before I go on stage now. Whereas just do eight. <laughs> when I was singing songs close up to that mic, nothing could touch it. He came, he saw, he conquered. He's biblical, man. Uh, I found it on Tubi. Okay, and uh, it is uh, a look at basically it. It basically starts when when you find out that Oasis is broke breaking up, mm-hmm. and then it it follows Liam Gallagher's um, struggle to to get back to, to to making music again. Okay, uh, because and and the one thing is like you never really get the definitive like. Like I think everybody's always, you know, in, in Oasis, I, I think was a, a very talented band. Um, I I'm not like deep in their discography, but but I do know like their one album that had Wonderwall and and everything. I mean, I I listened to that a lot, and um, I think there's always that that thing where you want them together in the same shot to like talk to each other. Right, right, but. This makes it very clear at the beginning that uh, they they don't really talk to each other, but it 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 is a very interesting look at how he f- when uh, Noel quit the band mm-hmm. uh, and kind of broken it up. Liam and the rest of the band members started a new band. Oh, okay. And they had two albums, and then they disbanded. So after the second band disbanded. Like he was kind of going to, he went in this downward spiral of, you know, alcohol, um, drugs and depression for sure. And, uh, it shows that him, you know, coming to terms with that and then making music. So you have all these elements, but then you also have some fantastic, um, concert footage, you know, interstitial between within the film. So, um, it, you know, if, if you're not a fan of Oasis, I think there's still a very interesting dynamic because you have the the big elephant in the room is that the fact that these these two brothers, yeah, like hate each other, <laughs> and uh, and the family's like all always hoping that they're gonna you know reconcile, and yeah. I think it sounds like you know towards the end of the film, you know it it, it alludes to like that you know, at least on Liam's side that he's tried to reconcile or, or just try to approach his brother. Okay. But it just sounds like that might be something that, you know, may not happen for many years down the road. Yeah. Um, but, but 
definitely, I, I would say, worth it. And Tubi is, is kind of slowly becoming one of my go-to uh, like streaming things. I mean, there's a lot of unique things on there, and it's free. And yeah, okay. uh, I mean, you have a couple ads throughout the throughout the course of the film, but uh, yeah, it definitely. Um, it, I I don't know. I I like how honest and and raw that this was. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and, and also if for any listeners who are, if you don't like hearing the word fuck, uh, you may not, you may not be, you may not like this film because it's just dropped like, like just any, you know, every five minutes but or, or, every, or not every 30 seconds. <laughs> but, um, so this one, sorry, if I heard you, I wasn't sure if I heard you right on this one. Um, so it's a documentary. It's him with a second band he had after Oasis or this is him like solo trying to. Well, yeah. So he, he had, there was uh the members of Oasis formed another band in for the life of me. I can't remember what it was called, but it's something with a B. Okay. Uh, like Barry something. Uh, <laughs> and then he went solo. So okay, this is him solo doing this one. Correct. Gotcha. So, you know, and it shows like some of the first concert footage when he first got back, you know, it was, it was not as, smooth you know that than he was used to or it was much smaller venue uh much smaller turnout okay because like people want to hear the oasis songs right and you know it's probably the farthest you know he he would rather play you know uh (laughs) covers of of somebody else's stuff than than even oasis yeah 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 is it uh is it bdi yes okay yeah i was looking at his filmography real quick here Yes, and I did. See, I did get to see Noel Gallagher a few years ago. They they opened for Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, when they, when they played here. So, you know, he's obviously moved on, but right. but he did play like uh, like half of the songs were his, and then the rest were Oasis songs. And he oh. he always stresses it, and even in this doc, they have a scene where you know it's like the ones that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the future yeah. is obviously yeah <laughs> so yeah i i would i i do recommend it i i think it was you know it, it was like under 90 minutes you know mm-hmm. that's always uh welcome these days yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so what did you end up picking so i went with uh one i hadn't seen since it came out and um it's not streaming um so i did uh I, b- I bought the it's a it's a double disc set because it was enough i'm like there's a bunch of shit on here i'm gonna want to watch i, I could just tell um i went with it's got two different titles one does have an f-bomb in it so yeah like i said if you if people don't like the f-bombs in that one they're not gonna like the title of this one but it's called awesome i fucking shot that oh yes and it's the end. in a world where dominion is king At a time of upheaval and change. When pure evil reigns over the realm of humans. And truth and justice are just a dream. Only the strongest can rise to the challenge. Only the pure of heart can seize the moment. And forge dreams into realities. Think Film and Oscilloscope Laboratories present The Beastie Boys in a Nathaniel Hornblower film. Awesome. I fucking shot that. In theaters, March 2.0.
2006. Um, alternatively, if you type it in IMDb, you just want to say, awesome, I shot that. And yeah. That'll get you to it. But it's it's from 2006, and it's one of the most unique concert documentaries I, or concert films I've ever seen. And it is of the Beastie Boys at their 2000, I want to say it's 2004 Madison Square Garden show. So kind of, you know, hometown for them. Sure. New York City. But the premise here I found to be fascinating, and this is definitely going to date the technology for sure. <laughs> The premise of this is they, and I don't know how they did the recruitment part because I didn't watch the behind the scenes documentary of this concert documentary yet. They gathered together 50 fans that were coming to see the concert and they gave them all high eight. This is where it's dated. High eight <laughs> camcorders. And the opening bits of the movie is they're getting the, all these 50 people are getting debriefed ahead of time and they're getting handed their camcorders and they're like, we don't care what you film. We don't care where you go during the concert. We don't, well, I mean, you know, don't go and like hurt someone, obviously, but like, <laughs> we don't care where you go. We don't care where you're sitting. We don't care what you zoom in on. We don't care what you film. Just when the concert starts, you hit record and you do not stop recording, just straight recording. And you get exactly what you're picturing with 50 random people shooting, uh, <laughs> shooting this concert. Um, I should say, especially as a filmmaker, Mike, that, that I'm sure you're very ang- your anxiety is is rising due to the editing then that would come with <laughs> all of that uh, all of that footage. Most of it probably a mess, but there there were additional crews filming like on the stage, like with the same equipment though. So all the equipment, all the all the footage matches, like it all yeah. looks high concert footage. But it looks like uh, the most I was going to say professional. I don't know if that's the right word or not. It looks like one of the most elaborate home movies you'll ever get but yeah. what they're documenting isn't just like you know your family on vacation they're documenting the beastie boys at madison square garden <laughs> playing <the hit laughs> 2004. so uh as i mentioned before audio good audio was one of my notes and that was my note for a reason because this audio should have been shitty high <laughs> eight cameras high <laughs> camcorder up in the rafters filming like that's got that should sound like shit but it doesn't they have good audio on this one and it's really it's really kind of fascinating um Yes, you get a lot of concert footage, obviously, from different areas. They're right sure. around. I don't know if you call it the pit, if it's a hip hop show, but, you know, you're right down front. People just losing their shit when, you know, like No Sleep Till Brooklyn starts or Paul Revere kicks in. People losing their mind. Oh, my God. You know, just freaking out <laughs> on camera. And you get, you know, that that it, it gives you that visceral feel of like you're at the concert. Sometimes you're up in the rafters. Sometimes you're you know, mid-level. Sometimes you're right down by the stage. But, yeah, you also get like some dude going and taking a leak. <laughs> <laughs> you get somebody going and buying a beer. Um, you know, you get uh, at one point, I think somebody's trying to talk themselves into getting backstage and they don't have a VIP lanyard. Yeah. Um, th- somebody was just interviewing people running vending machines. Oh, you, you like the Beastie Boys? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Whoever. Yeah, those those guys are great. I love rock and roll or you know, whatever. So there's some of that spliced in, but it's mostly just them doing the concert. Um, and you do get some backstage stuff. So you get them doing uh, the Beastie Boys and uh and crew i would say um i'm forgetting some of the guest artists that were there with them they're you know put your hands in the center one two three let's you know they're doing like their pre pre-show chant yeah through the alleys or not the alleys you see them walk through the hallways to get to the stage you do see uh so like they'll come out and they'll do these bursts of of sets and then the dj will be there just um you know mix master mike is there he's like doing a little DJ set. Oh, the Beastie Boys are gone. Well, then you see them backstage running to like catch an elevator to go to this part of the stage to go to this <laughs> here. And then all of a sudden, like it comes out of the floor, comes out over here and they do quick costume changes. I don't know. Do you know Beastie Boys music too well, Mike? Was that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like 
even though I'm I'm more of like a I mean, well, I I consider them rock in, in, in a lot yeah. of ways, but um, I don't know, like License to Ill was like something I, you know, oh yeah, listen to pro- probably like fifty, you know, more than like fifty times. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, so like they they would always do speaking to their rock sensibilities. They have a lot of instrumental rock songs on their yeah. album. Uh, Sabros, I think is one of the ones that was pretty popular, pretty well known. So when they do the instrumental ones or just like they said, they have some songs that are just, that's a funk song. Like it is a yeah. song instrumental and it's great. So when they do those, they're all wearing what look like kind of, um, seventies tuxedos, like they're a wedding band <laughs> and so they're in like this cube in the front of the stage and they're just like jamming out and they do three or four instrumental songs all in a row. And then it's, you know, backstage real quick, DJ spinning some tunes and they pop back out with, you know, new outfits on and then they break into some more hits. Um, they get some audience uh, interaction at some point. They're in the audience at a few points. So, I mean, it, it had to have been a mess to try to put together. And um, it's credited as Nathaniel Hornblower is the editor or the, the director of it. But it's really Adam uh, Yonch, I think. Yeah. Oh, Yuck. Yeah. 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 So he that was his pseudonym for, for directing it. Editing it. Um, I The credit goes to four different people. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of footage to go through. Um, but anyway, like it, it has that visceral vibe of like, if you know the band and you like them, you'll love the, you'll love the doc. You'll love this. this yeah. If you don't know them, I don't know that it's a good entry point into them because it's so just skips all the other things we were talking about of like getting to know the band or why they wrote this song or that yeah. three way forward. It's more just like, if you're a fan, here you go. You're going to love it. And this, so, cause I, I do remember hearing about this mm-hmm. but you said it's not streaming so it's is it still like if you go on amazon like you can just type it and buy the dvd or yeah i just bought the dvd like a week or so ago nice um, i think on amazon you're going to want to do awesome i shot that because like the swear words out of amazon sure <laughs> about that i guess but yeah beastie boys doc i'm it's findable um and not you know it was like 12 13 bucks it wasn't too 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 crazy and then actually at the end it's very because this is 2006. So at the end, what was that at the end? So at the end, for sure, is uh, is Ben Stiller and his wife, whose name I'm totally spacing on. So sorry about that. Somebody just caught them in the hallway. They're like, "Oh, hey, Ben Stiller, how's the concert?" He's like, "It's great. The Beastie Boys fucking rock." And you're like, "That's weird." That's <laughs> Stiller. Um, but if you look real closely to um, uh, Childish Gambino, uh, Glover is there either in the crowd or he says something real quick. You're like, "Is that?" I mean, he looks like a kid because he's a fucking kid. It's 2004. Sure. But um, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, wait, no, it's Madison Square Garden and the Beastie Boys in 2004. I'm sure there were a lot of musicians and yes. that were there that I just you know, wasn't quite picking out or something. Oh. But um, It's also not terribly long. I want to say it's maybe like 90 minutes. You know, it's in and out. It's just the hits. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and, and you're good. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, it couldn't be more of one of those to just put you right there at the show. Yeah. And I think it would probably get a little tired if it was just like front row cameras only or like only people on the floor get cameras like the way they did it it goes back to um all these other different shots to kind of give you a flavor of like hey people are still partying like up in the nosebleed sections that which you could afford which is what i could afford at that time period they're still having a blast and they're having a good time there i do have to ask though did do some of them do you know like um uh you know because i've had to review a lot of like high school uh college projects do they okay. do this thing where they zoom in and then zoom out like the the there's shot. A, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I think they edit it very well where it's not like, I mean, you could get motion sickness from this movie. Don't get me sure. wrong. But you're not going to get it from the zoom in, zoom out part because I think they edit it pretty skillfully. There's a little bit of that here and there. Oh, actually, speaking of technical things from the era with high eight, you know, you could push a button and do like, um, I always call it like kind of predator mode in, in quotes. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. So some of those effects pop up and you're like, oh, my God, I remember that effect. It was only for a minute on those video cameras, but it's there. Not overdone. It's just a touch here and there to be like, oh, shit, that's right. That's what those cameras were like. In the early um, so, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a solid recommend. And just if you're, but, well, but only if you're a fan, I think. If you were like, oh, I've always meant to listen to Beastie Boys, j- just give them a listen. If you get into the music, then give us a watch. Yeah. But if you're into into them, it's definitely one that uh, that that'll uh, that'll hold your attention. I'm gonna add that. Feel a little motion sickness. But yeah, no, that was that was it's a solid one. But all right, Mike, you are up next, uh, or your pick is up next. What are we What are we challenged to watch for the next episode? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, just because I I enjoy collecting these, and sometimes they are blind purchases just because of uh, you know simply. They might have a cool art cover or, you know, just by reputation. So I'm going to say that the challenge for next time will be films from the Criterion Collection. Physical media from the Criterion Collection, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Not the streaming channel, which is great. Yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Physical media from the Criterion Collection. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, man, that honorable mention list might be a long one. I'm going to oh, keep yeah. it. Keep it limited. That's a revis- yeah. revisitable topic. But, Ninety uh, minute episode coming, coming your way. <laughs> coming soon, but uh, sweet. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing what you come up with for that one. We will uh, talk soon, Mike. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.